Church, are you glad to be here today? I mean, are you real happy? Come on, make some noise, Vibrant Church, if you're happy to be in the house of God. Man, did you enjoy that time of worship? Man, whenever they sing, I just, I get kind of lost in it. I thought James Allen was going to make me run this morning. I don't know about you, but when he starts singing that song, he thought I was worth saving and came and changed my life. I don't know about you, but I think that's everybody in the room. Amen. God is good. God is good. Do me a favor and welcome everybody who's joining us online today, wherever they are. We're glad that you're with us. And shout out to everybody who's in the room today. Yesterday, my wife and I went to Caledonia Days, baby. Spent $7,000, and we had a good time. I'm <laughs> just kidding. It was awesome. We had a great time with some people at the church, and I got stopped, I think, about 497 times to say hello to so many of you, and I'm really glad to get to connect to so many of you. Sometimes in the lobby, it's kind of fast, and I don't have a lot of time to get to meet and get to know you, uh, but if you ever see me out and about, just stop me. Just say, hey, Pastor Ethan, you got an ugly face. Let's talk. Whatever. I don't know what you want to say, but I'd love to talk to you. If, I ever, if you see me out, please stop me, but we're continuing our series uh, entitled Field Guide. Everybody say field guide. And uh, the last three weeks, or the last previous two weeks, we've covered a couple different topics. And in this series, we're talking through uh, these four topics. So the first week, we talked about know God. This is where we talked about the plan of salvation, that God's number one priority for your life and everyone you've ever met. The Bible said it is his will that all men be saved. And so we want everyone in our church, we want everyone in your family, we want everybody online to know, we want you to know God. Can I hear a big amen? amen? Second thing, we want you to find freedom, that we know you can be saved and still be stuck. And so we talked about finding freedom, and last week we had a great turnout for people, over 40 baptisms in the room yesterday, or last Sunday. It's amazing, people finding freedom and and in fact, we even have a spillover date because of people that couldn't make it or want to get baptized saw that and say, you know what, I want to get baptized. So the second week in November, uh, we're going to be doing some baptisms. You'll hear more about that. If you're interested, we're going to make it available for you, your family, your kids, whatever. That if you want to be baptized, we want to make that available. This week, we're going to talk about discover your purpose. Then next week, the final week of the series, we're going to talk about make a difference. And then the week after that, we're going to have Real Talk Kim in the house on Sunday morning. Isn't that going to be fun? All right. So everybody say, discover your purpose. Now, there are many people that I believe know God. Maybe they've given their life to Christ, and maybe they are in the process, like all of us, trying to let go of the baggage and find freedom leave the old things behind and just move forward to the things which are before. And now, a main question they're struggling with, whether you're a believer or not a believer, is why am I here? Have you ever asked this question today? Why am I here? Why do I exist? You could be a Christian for 30, 40, 50 years and we'll ask that same question. Why am I here? We've been doing this series kind of along the lines of a of, of hiking and traveling, and, and I think many of us can relate to the idea of just trying to figure out, what do I do next? It's almost like you could be 40 years old, and you've had kids, you've raised them, but you're still looking at the calendar or the, the map trying to think, where, where, do I, where do I go from here? I, I raised kids, now I'm an empty nester. Uh, 
Or maybe I'm going to college and I'm just trying to figure out my next steps. God, what do you want me to do? Maybe you're a teenager and you don't know if you're supposed to go to college or if you're supposed to marry this person. But what is God's will? What is my purpose for my life? What do you want me to do? Where am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to? Have you ever asked these questions? Is it just me? You don't know what you're supposed to do. Many of us think if I could just make money, like that's the, the, the idea in the world today that if I just make money, but I come to tell you today that you could find money and not find purpose. You can find a pretty woman and not find purpose. You can find a good looking man in a great neighborhood and a good income and still never find purpose. And I want you to hear me today that our loving creator invites us each on a journey to experience this joyous adventure of fulfilling the potential he has placed in all of us. Now hear me, because you are eternal, you're an eternal being first, just in case you didn't know that. You're an eternal being first, and because you are eternal spiritual beings, we yearn to create an, inter, an eternal spiritual legacy, okay? So I want you to understand something from the, from the get-go here, is you have a purpose. You, you do have a purpose. Let me show you this verse of scripture. Psalms 139, verses 13 through 16, David wrote this, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous how well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion. Are you seeing this? That in the womb, God was watching as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. So watch this. While you were in the womb, God was watching the moment. God was in this, in the embryonic stage. And the Bible says that he has a plan, a book written for your life, that every moment is recorded. So God has this purpose in your life. So watch this. There are no mistakes with God. Now listen to me, church. There may be accidental parents, but there are never accidental babies. We didn't give life to those children, so we can't take the life from those children. If God has purpose in those babies, then we have no right to remove anybody's purpose from their life. Can I get a big amen? God, there are no mistakes with God. So in the womb, God is creating you for a purpose and is designing you or has designed you for a reason to exist on earth. Now hear this, we may think today that, well, I've made mistakes. Maybe God didn't make mistakes, but I've made mistakes. Maybe I've messed up. Maybe I've gotten off track. And maybe, maybe you can relate to this, that maybe you went through a divorce. Before the divorce, you thought God could use you, but now after bankruptcy, divorce, and split parenting, you're just not quite sure. But can I tell you something? That what God put in you in the womb cannot be taken away. The Bible says that the gifts and callings of God are without 
repentance, meaning that God didn't change his mind because when he put it in you, he already knew you're going to screw some things up. He already knew you're going to have problems. He already knew you was going to make some mistakes. He already knew every misstep he was going to make. He not only chose to save you before the foundation of the earth, knowing that you were going to choose against him, but he also chose to put purpose in you before the foundation of the earth. Isn't that good news, somebody? Just to know God has a plan for my life. So let me show you this verse. 1 Corinthians says this. God's various gifts are handed out everywhere, but they all originate in God's spirit. God's various ministries are carried out everywhere, but they are all they all originate in God's spirit. God's various expression of power are in action everywhere, but God himself is behind it all. Each person is given something to do that shows who God is. Each person, not just the preachers, not just the singers, not just the missionaries, each person in this room, everybody watching online, has something in them that shows who God is. Everyone gets in on it. Everyone benefits. All kinds of things are handed out by the Spirit into all kinds of people. Now, I find it very important that you and I do our very best to find out who God called us to be. And so one thing we've done to make available to you even for this weekend, I, I encourage you not to do it while I'm trying to preach, but we have made available, if you go to our website, if you go to our resources page, we have a spiritual gift assessment. If you've never taken it, I wanna encourage you to take that test all online and you just get those, those, those uh results right there and just help you gather data on who God has called you to be. Now, it's not an end all. It ain't perfect. It ain't the Holy Spirit, but it will help you. I'm big on personality tests and assessments, and so all that is just helps me gather who I am. Let me give you an example. So like this, uh, this bag right here, this bag that has a hatchet on it, <laughs> that's really cool and dangerous. The, uh, I'll use the hatchet. This will be good. Safety team, watch out. Here I go. This hatchet has a handle, has a head to it, has a blade. I don't need to see it in function to know what it's supposed to do. If I can see its design, I can determine its destiny. Am I helping anybody? I can see this chair. I don't have to see anybody sitting in the chair. I just know if it's got four legs, a back, and two arms, I don't have to see anybody sitting in it. I just know the design is made for someone to sit in it. God has created you with distinction. You're not one in a million. You're not one in a billion. You are one of a kind. God has created you with distinction to find out who you are. So this idea that we gotta go like pull it out of heaven and some mysterious purpose that exists. And I do believe that there will be times that God speaks to us distinctively for, for seasons or assignments. However, God has designed you and shaped you for those things. So for example, I love to talk. God had to put me on stage because I would talk in the pews. I'm just telling you the truth. I love people, I love leadership, I love team building, I love, I love this, I love, I have no introvert bone in my body. I love it. So God designed me to be a part of what I'm doing today. My wife, on the other hand, is a strong introvert. If you put her up here, she's like, and I hate you, Ethan Boggs, I don't wanna be up here. She doesn't want this, doesn't desire this, doesn't wanna do long meetings. I love all of that. 
But we have different skill sets. We have different purposes. We have different designs that God in the womb didn't make a mistake. He may, if you're an introvert, that's not a mistake. If you're an extrovert, you're not a mistake. God has designed you for different things in the body of Christ. Well, if God has a purpose and a plan for your life, what is standing in the way? What's keeping you and me from discovering God's purpose, his plan, his destiny for our lives? Now, I wanna give you just a few things that I think are standing in the way of you and me walking in the purpose that God has for us. Are you ready? Say, I'm ready, somebody. All right. Number one, confusion. Confusion. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13 says this, for God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. If the enemy can keep you confused, he can keep you from walking into God's plan for your life. Now, I believe that the enemy is in an all-out onslaught to bring confusion to the earth. You can't get on social media, you can't watch news media without hearing confusion and mass, mass misinformation we have to have fact checkers now and people arguing and debating about what's true and what's not true. And, 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 and it's just so much confusion. You don't know what to believe, who to listen to. And if the enemy is doing that much on the outside, can you imagine what he's doing on the inside? I recently talked to somebody the other day that said that there are somewhere, and I looked it up and I still couldn't figure it out. And I'm not being ugly, I'm not being hateful or judgmental, just hear me today. There right now, I can't even find the distinctive number that there are somewhere between seven and 72 people, 72 gender identifications now. I'm not being mean, I promise I'm not being hateful, but just hear me today. People will argue with me and argue with you and say, well, Pastor Ethan, we're getting more intelligent, we're getting more educated, we're, getting more, we're becoming more sophisticated. No, actually, you're getting more confused. If God can keep us, if the enemy can keep us confused, he'll keep us from ever walking into purpose that God has designed us in the womb. The enemy wants you confused. Hear me, God wants you to be clear. Here's another one I wanna show you today that we struggle with is this. There we go, there we go. Competence. Everybody say competence. This is where you focus on what you cannot do and what you do not have. You focus on your abilities, your connections, your lack thereof, your you don't have enough money or you don't have the right education or you don't have the right exposure or networking. You're too old, you're too young, you're too late, you're too early. This is where you're too focused on what you cannot do. This is where you're focused on your abilities or your lack thereof and you don't think God can use you because of what's wrong with you. You're focused on, you, you cannot speak in public, you can't reach people, you're not good with grammar, you're not good with people, you're not good with this, and you're wondering, God, I cannot do this because of what's wrong with me. Am I alone on this? Is it just me? Here's another one I'll show you real quick. I don't know what that is. I'm afraid of it. An ex just showed up. Do you guys see it? Devil in the name of, there we go, here we go. Comparison. Comparison. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 says this, now that we dare to classify or compare ourselves 
with some of those who are commending themselves. But when they measure themselves by one another and compare themselves to one another, they're without understanding. The Bible is saying that it is not wise. One scripture says, in one translation, says that we are ignorant. We're ignorant if we compare ourselves to one another. We compare ourselves to their athletics, compare ourselves to their family and our family. You ever see that? You ever get on social media and be like, good Lord, their family's perfect. And you know it ain't. You know they're not. You know they're kids of the devil. You saw, them as, you saw them in the parking lot. You know they're bad. But on social media, they look like little tiny angels, don't they? But if you knew they were in your class in daycare or in the uh, kids' ministry, you'd quit. You'd quit. We compare our families. We compare our education. We compare our income. We compare our connections. And every minute you spend wishing that you had someone else's life is a minute you spend wasting yours. The enemy wants us to compare. Comparing is thinking that I'm bad and look how great they are, right? And I'll show you the next one that goes with this one pretty good. Watch this, competition. This is different. Comparing is look how great they are and how bad I am. Competing is look how bad they are and how great I am. This is you have a point to prove, you have to win, you work, out hard, work hard at giving the impression of winning. It's different than comparison. Comparison is where you're looking at each other and you're condemning yourself. Competing is you're looking at each other and you're, and you're condemning them. Watch this, Philippians chapter two says this, do nothing from rivalry or conceit, but in humility, Count others more significant than yourself. Count others more significant than yourself. Just because someone else is doing good doesn't mean that you are doing bad. Just because someone seems a little further ahead doesn't mean that you're actually behind. Don't get, do not be, do not let your heart become competitive with people because it is an enemy. It is an obstacle to purpose. We could do it in ministry. I can get on social media. There's been many times, I'll just tell you the truth about me. I can get many times on social media and for a season, I had to block and mute fellow ministers of mine because they were always posting pictures of full rooms and it was always exciting and amazing. And even as a preacher, I can get up and love God and pray for people. Then you get on social media later, you're like, I'm terrible. Look how great they are. Look how perfect. That's a great idea. Why did I think of that? And I had to actually for a season mute these people. Good people. They're not doing anything wrong. It was me struggling with, man, I'm no good. I'm, not, I'm struggling with that comparing thing of like, it's a trap. The enemy wants you to compare and to compete with people when in reality, God wants you to, to be in community with people and not, not, not fight with people. Uh, and people don't, people are not to uh, be in competition with. We are to complete each other, not compete with each other. Are you hearing what I'm saying? If you could boil a lot of this down, if you could boil a lot of things down, I think it's this, this one word. I wanna give it to you, ready? Confidence. Confidence. Imagine confidence. The enemy knows that if he can keep you struggling with your confidence, he can keep you from your calling. 
The enemy cannot take your calling, and he knows that. The Bible never says anything about the devil in the womb, but God is in the womb in planning and designing your life for the purposes that he has for your life. The enemy cannot retract it. The enemy cannot pull it away. The enemy, if God can't take it away or won't take it away, you think the devil can take it away? The devil himself cannot take your purpose or your calling, but what he can do is take your confidence. And if he can take your confidence, he knows you'll never walk in purpose. He knows that you'll never walk in the destiny and the purposes of God because you are constantly looking inward, the devil bringing up the past, bringing up people, bringing up pain and problems just to break your confidence. And if he can get you to hate you, he knows you'll never enjoy him. If he can get you focused on your failures, focused on your shortcomings, focused on your comparing, focusing on other individuals, he'll get you to, to relinquish your own purpose. Never walk into it. So you're 40, you're 50, you're 60 years old, you're walking around, you love God, you love your Bible, you love people, but you don't know what you're supposed to do. But sometimes if we were honest, the enemy beats our confidence down so much, so much that we do not feel that we can walk in with clear mind what God has called us to do. You know, between Sundays, I have a thousand opportunities to lose my confidence. Like a thousand. You get mad at the kids. I shouldn't even tell you this story. I'm gonna tell you a story. I always think about this later. I'm like, why did you do that? The other day I went to a restaurant here in town and I don't have, patience is not my virtue. I, I struggle with it. But I go into a fast food restaurant, and I won't say the name, but I ordered a Happy Meal, okay? Anyway, <laughs> no, I, it was for my baby boy, right? I go into this restaurant, and it was a long line. I said, well, I'll just go in, right? I'll just go in, it ain't gonna, it'll be a lot faster if you go when you stand there, and they gotta look at you. <laughs> so I go in, true story, I go in and I order, a Happy Meal for my son. That's all I ordered. And I'm not being ugly. Dude, listen, nobody's hiring. No one's taking jobs. I get it. It's, it's okay. I'm not mad. But I was then. <laughs> I kept sitting there waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. Ten minutes pass. I'm looking for a Happy Meal. Fifteen minutes pass. Twenty minutes pass. 25 minutes pass. Anybody else like that? Just like. I'm seriously sitting there like, dude, I'm going to flip a lid. Flip a lid in the name of the Lord. Ask for forgiveness later, you know? I'm sitting there like, good God. Please, I know you're working hard. If you're in the room, you work at McDonald's, catch me up to service, I'll give you $1,000 or something. I'm sorry, I'm not mad at you. I'm just saying, this. The, I was tired. It was Saturday night, I had to preach the next day, it was last Saturday, and I'm just sitting there like, oh, oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. I felt Tabasco sauce running up my legs and I liked it. I was like, I was in shorts, Crocs, T-shirt, hats. I looked like total just garbage, right? I was getting so frustrated. And, and the girls were doing so good. They were working so hard. It wasn't them. It was me. And I, I just got, I just lost it. I did. I, I, I just, boom. I walked right behind the counter. I said, hey, listen. Hey, listen. 
I mean, look, I probably looked like I was gonna kill somebody. I walked in and said, hey, listen, I, uh, it's just a cheeseburger. And I'm really cheap too. $5 is kind of worth it to me. I waited out, I waited out a little bit. I sat there, I said, hey, listen, I'm not in a hurry. And, and I, I, I mean, I'm in a hurry, but, but it's okay. If you're, you know, I've been sitting out here a while. I'm in the kitchen, I'm back there like cleaning the machines. Like, hey, listen, I promise. And, and, and they were like, oh, no, baby, it's okay. I gave me my food and I left. For the rest of that night, I felt terrible. I don't know how to describe it. I just let myself get irritated. And, I, and I'm thinking, those girls could go to your church. You're new to the area. You don't know who comes to this church. Caledonia days yesterday, everybody came to this church. And I felt so guilty and I felt so bad. And I had to get up and preach the next day about finding freedom. And here I am struggling with anger at the girls at McDonald's. That thing got in my head so bad Saturday night, tried to break my focus and my confidence. And I felt so much like, Ethan, you should just chill out, man. Just relax. But the enemy just tries to break your confidence. I even called McDonald's later. Nobody answered. I was like, I'm going to repent. I'm going to repent to these women. I'm going to tell them I'm sorry. I never said anything I never said anything belligerent. It was not really rude. I was just back there with my Crocs on looking like a redneck, okay? <laughs> Which is probably rude enough. Like, yuck, get out of here. I say that to say this. The enemy knew that I was preaching the next day. I don't know, that's just silly. But that confidence thing was getting to me. And I and just in like, tw- in like 12 hours, I had to stand up here and preach the word of God. And the enemy, all the way to my office that Sunday morning, was just still replaying that. You, you are so impatient. Who are, what kind of pastor are you? What kind of preacher gets mad at their kid? What kind of preacher gets mad that upset? You should, you pastor the region. People, you're trying to help people. And here you are freaking out over a stupid happy meal. Confidence, confidence, confidence. When I think about the struggle with purpose that we have, I think of a man named Moses. God called him for a purpose. It's recorded in Exodus chapter 3, and I just want to show you this in closing. God shows up to him and says, I heard the cries of the people in Egypt. I know the heartache that they're feeling. I see. He says, I know, I hear, I see. He goes, and I have come down to deliver them. And he says, Moses, I'm going to send you. Let me pause there and say, while the people were crying about the problem, God was talking to the answer. Moses was then commissioned by God to go to Egypt. You've seen the movies. Let my people go, right? But before he agrees to go, he comes up with a lot of reasons to not let God use him. A lot of what we would call excuses. Let me hear today, let me, let me show you this today. If there's anything I want you to take home, it's this point right here. The greatest enemy to your purpose is your excuse. The greatest enemy is not the devil. The greatest enemy isn't your ex-wife. It isn't the church, it isn't organized religion, it isn't this person or that person. It's the excuses that we tell ourselves. I'm too old, I'm too young, things are too bad. They won't use me, they won't notice me, nobody loves me. 
The scary thing about excuses is excuses start to sound like explanations. Moses is standing before God. I want to show you this. Are you ready? Moses and God are having this conversation in Exodus chapter 3, and this is what happens. God looks at him and says, I want you to do this, but watch what Moses says. Excuse number one, I'm unworthy to be used by God. I'm unworthy to be, I'm unworthy. Watch what God says. I will be with you. God just spoke right, I'll be with you. Watch another one. Excuse number two, what if I don't know the right answers? Watch what God says. I will inform you. Oh, come on, somebody. I feel something for somebody in the room today. Watch this, excuse number three. What if others don't respond and doubt me? Watch what God says. I will empower you. Watch this. Excuse number four. I'm not talented and gifted enough. I stutter. I can't speak. Watch what God says. I will help you. Here's one more. Here's one more. Last one. Someone else could do it better. Anybody know that feeling? I feel like that sometimes. Someone else could just do this better. Watch what God says. I will use you. I will use you. I don't care if you're 40. I'm going to use you. I don't care if you're divorced. I'm going to use you. I don't care if you've been broke, broken. I'm going to use you. I don't care if you've fallen behind. I'm going to use you. You. I don't care what's happening in the past. I'm going to use you. I don't care what's happening in your present. I'm going to use you. What the enemy has tried to shut you down. I've come to tell somebody today, God said, I'm going to use you. Now notice, now notice that every excuse that Moses brought up to God, God never adjusted the circumstance around his excuse. He never said, you know, you're right. You're right. I'm going to fix that. Like one that really messes with me, Pastor Troy, is that Moses had a stuttering problem. God gives him the purpose to go be his public speaker. You're, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You're, you're telling me that you want me to go speak for you when I can barely speak for me. He wanted to not be used. And he said, I'm not adequate. I'm not, I'm not articulate. I'm not able. God never healed him of his stutter. Oh, this is so good. God just spoke back to the situation and said, I'll empower you. I'll do this with you. I'm going to use God never heals the stutter. Some of the reason why many of us will never walk in the purpose of God is because we're waiting on God to heal the stutter. And God's waiting on you to take a step. Come on, church. It's time to take a step. I know you're afraid. I know you're worried. I know you got your reasons. I know you're you're like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. But God has a purpose and a plan. And it's time for you to stop wishing away the stutter and start taking your next steps. I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. Hear me today that you don't walk in the confidence of you. If God healed his stutter, the confidence would be in Moses. Moses would be confident in him. Moses would be confident in himself if God just healed his stutter. But Moses had to go in Godfidence. 
knowing that God was with him, even when he stuttered, even when he was scared, even when he felt inaccurate, inaccurate or inadequate, even when he didn't feel right, even if he didn't feel qualified, God said, I'm still gonna be with you. You just keep taking steps because when you get to the back end, it will clearly be that my glory made that happen. You couldn't stand before Pharaoh without me. Your speech couldn't do it. Your connections couldn't do it. Your networking couldn't do it. Maybe, just maybe, God is wanting to show you what he could do through you, despite you. That's why Paul said that, that I prayed three times for the thorn to be removed from my flesh. Remember that? He prayed three times. And what was he saying? Is if I could get the thorn out, then I'll be good. God's saying, no, no, no. I'm going to leave the thorn in so you can get my glory. I'm going to show you how good I am despite the stutter that you struggle with, despite the past you live with, despite the pain you live in. I can still do something in and through you because I'm God. It don't matter what they said. If I put it in you in the womb, baby, it's gonna come to pass if somebody talk bad about you it's gonna come to pass you will live and not die and declare the works of the Lord come on church put your hands together give God a shout he's gonna use you he's gonna use you he's gonna use you you can stay standing he's gonna use you I said he's going to use you. I said he's going to use you. He's going to use you. You have a purpose. He's got a plan. He has in mind something great for you. The enemy gets scared when church folk start knowing who they are, start walking in confidence, start knowing that God has a plan for their life because he wants you That's what he wants. I'm not saying you won't have days you have to take a look sometimes. And I'm not claiming at the end of this sermon that you're gonna absolutely be clear. But what I want you to know, that if you can walk in the confidence that he's given you and know that it ain't about my excuses, it's about what he said. If he said he's gonna use you, he's gonna use you. He's gonna use you. I'll tell you this real quick and I'm done. But I know I've told the story when I was a child or a baby. I, my lung collapsed and I was going, went to the hospital. And for um, 10 days, I was, my, I was trying to die. And, and, and they were working with me. And, but I always remember my dad and mom telling me the story that a preacher, I, I may have told you this part, but before I was born, a preacher called my mom and dad out in a service and said, I want you to know something. This baby that's about to be born, there's gonna be a scare, but God's gonna use this baby in preaching. God's got a, per in the womb, that man of God discerned through the power of the Holy Spirit that inside my mother's womb was a preacher being knitted together. 
and from the outset of my birth, trying to die, but my dad kept quoting the verse, you will live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. That's one of my favorite verses because it is a declaration against you, your, your, your thinking, your negativity, your fears. It's a declaration against hell itself. It's a declaration to heaven to say, you know what? I know that, that God, you have something in me that's distinctive for me. And the enemy's trying to take it and try to confuse me and break me down and break my confidence. But I know that there's a plan for this baby and a purpose for this child. And God's not done with this baby yet. He will live and not die. And today I'm declaring the works of the Lord. I want to let you know today, God's got it in you. God's got it in you. We do me a favor? A thought come to me just a moment ago, and I want to do this. I want to pray for a moment just over our children. Can we do that? Can you stretch your hands forth, I believe, that direction behind us? That's where our children are today, right? Our children are right back, right back to all the people in the risers who are like, oh God, don't look at me. Can we pray of our children today? Father, in the name of Jesus, there are children of every age back there. There are students who meet in this building on Wednesday night. We pray in the name of Jesus, purpose come forth. We pray what the enemy has tried to do devise a plan or devise a plan to confuse them. We pray clarity over their life. We pray protection over their life. We pray destiny over their life. We pray that you're going to have your hand on them. You're going to have your purpose on them. We pray the right people around them, the right influences around them. We pray protection, the blood of Jesus over every one of them in every situation. We pray in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. There will be no confusion. There will be clarity of thought. You meet them, Holy Spirit, right where they are in Jesus' name. Purpose, come forth in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Can I pray for you today that you'll find purpose, that you'll walk in the confidence that God has for you and don't get caught up with all this confusion and well, if God can fix my stutter, if God can fix this, if God can fix that, then I'll be okay. I've come to tell you today, stop waiting on God to fix it and start walking in it. You ready? Let's pray. God, I thank you today. I thank you for purpose in this room. I thank you for purpose. I pray against the spirit of confusion. I pray in the name of Jesus that we will walk in who you've called us to be. Begin to reveal to them who they are. I pray for the future senators in this room. I pray for the future doctors in this room. I pray for the future pastors and evangelists and prophets and teachers and all in this room. I pray right now in the name of Jesus for mothers in this room. I pray for fathers in this room, the purpose and the plan of God to come forth in the mighty name of Jesus. Somebody's praying for a daughter and you're wondering if she'll ever walk in the purpose. Maybe she's drifted away and today, 
You're even wondering where she's at. But I pray in the name of Jesus that purpose is going to find her in a bar stool. Purpose is going to find your son in a jail cell. Purpose is going to find your daughter in a hospital bed. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is greater than we are. And the Holy Spirit's not giving up. Because what he put in that womb, they are fearfully and wonderfully made. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come on, will you just worship with us today? Maybe you want to raise a hand. Maybe you want to put your hand on your heart. for the presence of God today. You're not a mistake. God has a purpose and a plan for your life. That's good news today. That's good news. It's good news that I get to know God, that I can find freedom, and not only that, but I can have purpose and destiny and design. My best days are before me. My past is behind me. My best is yet to come. And the devil is a liar. Come on, church, put your hands together. Let heaven hear you.